0: Hello and welcome to a special betting edition of the Mirror Football Podcast. You're joined by me, Matt Lawless, the digital sports editor here at the Mirror, and Aaron Flanagan and Alex Richards, the two betting boys for Mirror Online. We're going to run through this weekend's key fixtures and look at some of the best odds out there. Boys, welcome. How are you doing? Not bad, Matt, You? Yeah, not bad, not bad. What a weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's... uh... I mean, there's some big games, especially in the Premier League, um, ending with uh, Spurs-Chelsea. Uh, yeah, some, uh, some exciting action to come.
0: And you're off to Wembley, Flanners, that's right?
1: I am off to Wembley. Uh, I say it should be a good game, looking forward to it. Obviously, Eden Hazard is supposed to be coming back as well. Uh, just the kind of timely boost for Chelsea, I think.
0: Massive boost for them, because obviously they had two sent off last week. No one saw that one coming, Alex. Shocker, <laughs>
1: uh, to be quite
2: honest. Uh, I don't think anybody was backing Burnley. And then it's 3 0 at half time, and Chelsea completely imploded. So you would hope that that won't happen this weekend. But if it does, I'm sure it'll be entertaining to watch.
0: Well, amazing. Look, I mean, I've got to say, we're going to get stuck into that one in a bit. But also, no one saw Wolves' brilliant start to the season (laughs) coming either. Alex is a big Wolves fan, so we'll talk about them later. And Flan is your speciality non-league football? Where have you been this week? And you've been a bit, a bit of ground hopping, I understand.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I like to explore. Like to go and watch uh, watch a lot of games. I watched uh, I watched Sutton United uh, earlier this week. I also watched Gray's Athletic, um, and uh, yeah, off to Tamworth to watch my beloved Curzon Ashton.
0: Top uh, man, tomorrow. top man. Well, look if you do a bit of ground hopping and you've been to a few grounds already this season, let us know. Subscribe, rate us and uh, give us a review and tell us and we'll, we'll feature you on next week's show. Right, so Manchester United, top of the league after one game. Will they stay there at the end of the season? The odds on that, Alex, I can tell you, are 11-4. to They're the second favourites behind Manchester City.
2: Well, I think given the way they played last week, that's where they kind of should be. They were really good against West Ham. Um, Lukaku looks a good fit already Gives them that bit that maybe they were lacking last season That bit of just power that we can just toss it in But also in the bigger games he's got that bit of pace that Ibrahimovic didn't have um, And look, they dropped a hell of a lot of points last year at home Against teams who you would say they shouldn't have been dropping points against And instantly that looks to have been rectified with last week's win Um
0: would you they take that, though? 11-4, to four, would you take that?
2: I don't know. Personally, I think Manchester City will win it, Yeah, but I wouldn't
0: take 5-4 to four on them either. No, early days, isn't it, in the value, in, in, in the race for the title? I mean, what I would say is the value bet for, for this weekend is uh, Man United to win 2-1, 10-1 at Swansea. Uh, Swansea have never kept a clean sheet against Manchester United in the Premier League.
1: I think something you've got to look at with that is obviously... It's will, will Swansea score against them? Swansea, you know, Precisely. obviously Fernando Llorente is, is out injured. Uh, firepower seems to be the problem. I know they've brought in uh, Tammy Abraham's, who um, listen, he, he's got potential, you know, but he's not proven in the Premier League yet. And uh, coming up against the United, team, actually defended really, really well. I think you know the, how well the likes of Phil Jones did last weekend was maybe a little bit understated. Uh, Daley Blint had a great game. Um, all right, West Ham didn't particularly offer much, but uh, is you know United are. You know it looks sharp, uh, front to back. uh, They made made a real, real good start. The less
0: said about West Ham, the better for me.
2: uh, (laughs) The big thing for Swansea now, of course, Guilfi Sigurdsson's gone.
0: Yeah, That's half their goals from last season, pretty much. Indeed. I mean, give Swansea credit where it's due. Paul Clement's men have, uh, you know, maybe they couldn't have picked a worse time, as you say, with Sigurdsson going, but they have not lost a game in their last six in the Premier League. That's quite something, isn't
2: it? Well, I went to Southampton last weekend and dug out a 0 0 draw. Yeah, uh, prob- you know, probably dug it, it out. Been there there.
1: from what I can gather, I love
2: all of the new expected goals that uh, everyone's <laughs> going mad for suggested Southampton yeah, yeah. should have been comfortable winners. Yeah, but they yeah absolutely. So,
0: it's a point on the board, clean sheet. Well, you say, that it, like I say, clean sheet's important. Can they get another one this weekend? It'll be the first ever, if they do so, against United in the Premier League. Um, United have won two of their previous three meetings against Swansea. Um, before then, Swansea won all three in a row 2-1. That's the score,
2: isn't it? 2-1 <laughs> yeah. in that game is the score. Yeah.
0: So, with, the, uh, with that in mind, I've got an outrageous bet here for you, chaps. Leroy Furr. The man to step into cigarettes and shoes, maybe. Um, to score first, and either Swansea to win 2 1 or draw 2 2. There's a double chance there. Odds of, have a guess on that? Go 33s,
2: maybe.
0: I, I think it'll be a bit bigger. I think towards the 50s. i tell you what, neither of you are close to that. It's 155 to 1. Wow. So there you go for that one.
1: Maybe, so I say there's maybe something to be said for Swansea coming out, and obviously they've lost the Gertz and they've had a difficult week. There is something maybe to be said about them coming out, you know, and having a go first 20 minutes. So you know, Swansea first. I think goal. there's also a lot to be said
0: about them getting turned over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. But when you've got a player who doesn't want to be at the club, the best thing is to do is just get rid of him, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously. You don't
1: want them causing trouble. I mean, I, I don't know how much trouble these sorts of plays actually cause. I know, I know we say all oh, the plays cause trouble when they want to leave. Maybe a little bit of unrest, but at the end of the day, they're just footballers. They want to play football. Um, will it massively change in the fact he's gone out? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't
0: know. We'll see. So that's the lunchtime kickoff. You can follow it live at the Mirror on our live blog throughout the game, mirror.co.uk forward slash football and at Mirror Football Twitter and Facebook. So... Let's go into the other big game tomorrow afternoon, Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. Now, Christian Benteke, he's fascinating, isn't he? I mean, he has scored more goals at Anfield as an opposing player than he did when he played at Liverpool. It's five versus four. I mean, that, that's something, isn't it? Just didn't happen for him at Liverpool, did it? He? he just wasn't,
2: wasn't a fit for Jurgen Klopp when he took over. No. And He looked a lot better at Palace last season, particularly when uh, Sam Allardyce was in charge. And now he faces a a new battle under Frank de Boer, should we say, with a completely different style again.
1: Is he going to get that ball up to him as as urgently as it came last season? Yeah, I, I imagine Frank de Boer maybe won't want to rely on set pieces as much as maybe other managers would do. Um, yeah. when you're in the kind of the bottom half of the table, all lot your goals do come from set pieces, and obviously when you're you know whipping balls into what's Ben Teke is the man you want there. Um, de Boer, from what I can gather, will try and you know. He'll try and keep the ball on the deck, and whether Bentaci will have a similar problem as he did at Liverpool, um, you know, remains to be seen. But um, yeah, he, he needs he needs good delivery, and particularly in the air,
0: you know, if he's going to have a, a great season. Well, seeing as we're playing a guessing game, what odds are you going to back him for for the first scorer?
2: I won't be backing him for the first scorer. That's <laughs> a, <that's> a <laughs> if certain. you did, let's <laughs> say a been mythical been... bit uh, better. I think you're going to be looking at for him first scorer. You're looking at eight nine to one, surely. Oh, close. Uh,
1: yeah, I was thinking maybe sixes because he, surely he's Palace's obvious first goal scorer.
0: So there's a bit of value there. and Ten to one you can get on Benteke. Um There was a point made, actually, um, just touching on De Boer and Palace. And obviously they got turned over 3-0 unexpectedly at home by a new boy's Huddersfield last weekend. Is he asking too much too soon? I mean, look, they've had a solid pre-season together at, at the club. He's not just turned up overnight, but... He's trying to change a Sam Allardyce team, which would have been set up in a completely different way, into a, a team that's playing football. This is a problem
2: um, Palace have had before. So, Alan Pardew's remit was to try and make them more attacking, make them more expansive, and then they're in relegation trouble. I had to call him Big Sam, he yep. got them out of it. He then walked away, and now Frank De Boer is again tasked with trying to... We don't just want to be a team in a relegation battle... We want to be upwardly mobile, playing good football, and that's his remit. But if he's stuck in a relegation battle come November, December, how are that board going to turn around and say, carry on? Because the money's so vast now,
1: obviously, that they have to stay safe no matter what. It, it, it says something. I mean, at the know, the they've only had about six weeks together at the moment. You've got to remember, preseason is a, still a relatively short period. It will take time, to, you know, to completely gel. It, it's just that, it, like you say, how much time do Premier League managers get given the money that's on that's on the table here? You know, he's he's completely changed the way everything's done. He's not had long so far, and he needs to find a quick solution. And I don't know whether that big of a change,
0: you know, is you know a quick process. Yeah, I mean. Surely there needs to be a bit of patience at Palace, uh, Palace for this month. They're 1,000 to 1 to win the title. I can't see that one, but let's flip it round to Liverpool, who, one of the pre season sort of contenders for the title, they're 16 to 1. Drifted out after their three all draw with Watford last week. For me personally, I can't see him winning the league. I think a lot now depends on uh, the Coutinho situation, doesn't it? What's he... the latest on that one, L?
2: Well, seemingly he wants to go. They continue to insist he is going nowhere. No matter what Barcelona say, no matter what anybody says or does, it seems to be that that's it. He's not for sale. We're not selling our best player. We want to keep him. Done. No amount of money. Yeah. You've got to wait till two weeks to the end of the window. Otherwise, you know, mm-hmm. they've released these statements and then he's handed in a request. So they've got to be thinking, oh, do we get rid? Yeah. And as we said earlier, what does that cause in the dressing room?
1: I actually actually think, from a betting perspective, there's maybe a little bit of value in backing Coutinho to stay because I think if Liverpool weren't adamant that he's going to stay, they wouldn't come out and keep making these, you know, these statements. You know, Klopp's been really, really defiant, you know, about keeping hold of him. And I said a couple of days ago, for one statement the
2: board made crystal clear: not going, not for any price.
1: No, that's right. Yeah, I mean, a couple of days ago I was looking around at the odds, and I think you could still get like seven to four on Coutinho to stay, which actually I think is good value. Um, given how firm I think Liverpool have been, and it's a Liverpool have dug the heels in before. You saw it with Luis Suarez. Obviously, they let him go a year later. Yes, but they have dug the, dug the heels in with the players before. It's a big, big season for them, and you know, I, I think they'll be very, very firm. And yeah, you know, as I say, I think there may maybe a little bit of value in, in backing uh, Coutinho maybe to stay.
0: Be interested to see how it pans out. Like you say, there's there's a at least a couple of weeks left in the window, so plenty of time for that to change, although that move will need to accelerate sooner rather than later, I would imagine. If Coutinho does stay, this is a World Cup year, so he's not going to sit there and sulk, is he? He's, he's going to be no. I think actually, if, a bit if, like Sanchez at Arsenal. If he if, if, if stays,
2: I would fully expect he gets his head down and he plays for the season. As we've seen him play for the last four years, there
1: he doesn't seem like a particularly sulky sort of figure. Anyway, he just seems, you know, one of these lads who loves playing football. Anyway, he's clearly got good relationships to Liverpool. You know, he's close mates with the likes of Roberto Firmino. Um, I don't see that there'll be any problem with his performances. You know, should he decide to stay?
0: But it's cast a bit of a shadow over Anfield. I would say, you know, fantastic result in the week with Trent Alexander Arnold uh, showing that he can take um, free kicks. Um, brilliant from the youngster. He looks like a player who's going to become an Anfield regular and, and potentially, you know, for his country as well. So that's great to see. But going back to the game, well, uh, Palace have been a big bogey side for Liverpool, haven't they, in recent seasons. In fact, tomorrow, if they beat Liverpool, they'll be the first team to record four consecutive top-flight games, uh, wins over Liverpool-Anfield since Arsenal. What? Which year do you think that was? and.
2: Two Whoa. lower, lower.
0: Yeah,
1: see I was thinking I mean we might have to go back to the eighties before you know a feat like that was
0: it it was the great pre Second World War Arsenal team in nineteen thirty-five, so that's some stat there. Um so this fixture has averaged three point nine goals per game over the last ten meetings, both teams to score over three and a half goals tomorrow. It's on offer at nine to four. There might be a bit of money up for grabs there. My outrageous bet for that one, chaps, is Dejan Lovren and Joel Matip both to be carded, thirty-three to one.
1: I don't think that's too too outrageous. If they, you look how disjointed they were last week, you know, as a partnership, there's a
0: there's every chance they they could be just as clumsy this weekend. So maybe stick a fiver on that one. Right. Let's talk about my club now, West Ham United. Uh, God, I mean... Are you sure you you want to? I don't actually. Let's just quickly move on from this one. No, look, last weekend... I mean, I'm not going to press the panic button too soon. You know, We've been chasing William Carvalho from Sporting Lisbon. That one's sort of in limbo at the moment, but the club's still confident they can try and pull it off before deadline day. Um, Lots of talks still continue over that one, but West Ham have, I would say, they've bought reasonably well this summer, Alex. I think it's all about what
2: they're aiming for. They've spent very big on players with little resale value. I would, I would say. Yeah.
0: yeah um, in terms of their age. Yeah. But
2: this is the market Slaven Bilic is in at the moment. That he's very much here and now. How much, how much planning does he want to be doing for the future? Because hmm. 18 months from now, he's well aware that you know, little dip in performance here, he could be out of the job by. November, December.
0: He, he almost he's, lost his job last season. He he last needs, November. He
2: needs performances now, and that's why he's very much been going for these players. You,
1: you, you do very much feel like um, Bilic is still kind of, kind of cover up, covering up some of the cracks from last season. Obviously, West Ham had a, a quite a poor season last year. Um, they really struggled against, you know, good sides. You saw what Manchester City did, you know, both times that they went yeah. to the London Stadium. Yeah. Um, you know. And I, I, just kind of feel like Bilic is still kind of recovering, and he, he's there's a lot of pressure on him already. Um, sim, simply because I don't know whether these signings, I'd like you say, they're not long term, but you know, it just doesn't seem to be much of a spine in the team. They, I don't know. They've
2: turned into a real Jekyll night team. Yes. You don't know what yeah. you're getting. One week they're going and getting beaten four nil the next week they may well go and turn someone over 2-0. Whereas that first season he had, they were going out and they were attacking teams and getting good results home and away, coming away from Old Trafford with a point. That's right, yeah. And now... It's complete opposite, as you say. That spine looks to have gone. They look very easy to play so, against.
0: So, something
1: I was quite surprised about with West Ham last weekend was how they capitulated kind of in the last seven or eight minutes of the game because. There's a lot of it I, was I, basic I, errors as well,
0: wasn't it? Just giving the ball away yeah. and not defending, not marking.
1: But I'd have thought a, a Billich team, given you know he's you know he's, he's a bit of a character, you know there'd be a bit of uh, you know personality in the team. You know there'd be people, you know, gene people up, you know, and you know making sure their heads are still on it. But no, they they just crumbled and mentally. As a team, I was I was very disappointed with West Ham and how they ended the game.
0: Yeah, and I think when you sign players like Joe Hart and Pablo Zabaleta, you expect a bit of leadership within the team. You know, a bit more game management. Look, you know, if you go one nil, two 0 down at Old Trafford, it's going to be difficult to reverse that. So you kind of want to. You know, damage limitation more than anything. But West Ham, they just seem to let the floodgates open and nobody stopped it last week. So, big game for Slavon Village's men um, at St Mary's. They'll be desperate to win. The last time they lost their opening two home games of the season was back in 2010-2011. They were relegated that season.
1: Are you scared of relegation?
0: I'm not pressing that panic button yet, my friend. But Sam Hampton, new manager in charge. And you mentioned it earlier. Another goalless draw In the uh, opening weekend They have uh, Failed to score In their last six Premier League home games And since the start Of last season St Mary's has seen Fewer goals Than any other Premier League stadium That's not including The newly promoted sides Um, So At 11-1 You might fancy The goalless draw tomorrow
2: You might do Club well was sacked Because they weren't Exciting enough No Basically Uh, Which kind of Bringing in Mauricio Pellegrino is a bit of a... Well, he finished ninth in the Spanish League of Alves last year and got to cup final. Great achievements both. Hmm. But they weren't exactly the most attacking team. They weren't fluent. They were well organised, well drilled, hard to beat, hard to play against, and got a good couple of shock results. But they weren't the most attacking side, as I say. Is he having to change his style to suit Southampton now and what they want? Or... Is it going to be more of the same? Certainly, last week they struggled, didn't score against Swansea. They should have won, apparently, but they didn't. No. So is it going to be an equally
0: frustrating season again? It's surprising because you've got a striker in Gabbiadini who looks, you know, to me whenever I've seen him play, looks incredible. But is he getting the support that he Charlie needs and, and the well. chances? Yeah, Charlie Austin, Shane Lung's there as well. Who's I mean, got pace?
1: Something I'd say about Southampton. I think the centre of midfield um, has maybe been a little weak. Yeah. Romeo seems to be kind of the, the holding midfielder, but. I don't know whether he's you know, the toughest guy in there. He had They're, an
2: excellent season last season, but yeah. my my theory is if he's your best player, hmm. you've got a bit of a problem.
1: Well, I mean, you said that. They've obviously just brought in Lamina from Juventus this week as well, uh, who will play in that central midfield. Decent role. sign in that. And, yeah. and he's someone who's maybe a bit sterner. You yeah, know, he's maybe a bit more prepared to, almost like the shackles off the rest of the midfield and maybe let them He's bit
0: forward. Go he's got, forward got, he's got, got you know, a bit of showing drive. A bit,
1: yeah, maybe show... Maybe it can let the rest of the team, you know, show off, you know, their attacking, you know, qualities, yeah, yeah. you know, a, a little bit more now.
0: We um, got players like Redmond; he can express himself and get forward and break through. They they've got
1: Ward Prowse a little further forward last yeah. week as well, I think. Um, they've got quality. It's just, um, as you say, they've got a manager who has built. Well, he built last season his team on uh, kind of defensive reinforcements. So yeah. Maybe, you know, an, an interesting an, an interesting appointment. Um, it remains to be seen, obviously, where you know have, well, Southampton stance is. But they, uh, if they're going to justify the second of Claude Poulot, they have to be a lot more exciting.
0: Absolutely. They need to get goals on the ball tomorrow. It's going to be the battle of two England goalkeepers tomorrow as well, Joe Hart and uh, Fraser Forster. If you were Gareth Southgate at the moment, who would be your number one? It would still be Joe Hart, I think.
1: Yeah.
2: I think he... He is the biggest character out of all of them. Um, I think Jack Butland's pushing him close before his injury, and hopefully he'll get back there again. Um, but I do still think that Hart is still that main man.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm,
1: I'm with Hart as well. Um, you mentioned his personality; he, you know, he's he's big for the change. I mean, but you've got to remember how experienced he is now as well. You know? Yes, he, he's played at the top level for ten years now. You know, he he's. You know, vastly experienced goalkeeper. All right, he has thrown a couple in every now and again, you know. But every goalkeeper does. Yeah, and, exactly. And I think being back in the Premier League will actually boost his confidence. Um, he'll have a little more to do for West Ham than he would for Manchester City. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's um, he'll be alive. He wants it. He's a hungry, hungry person. Um, he'll want to prove his, that that was wrong and. I fully expect that he'll be England's number one by the World Cup uh, next
0: summer. So that's three of us all agreed there, and I'll continue chanting England's number one. Um, West Ham did beat Southampton on the road last season, 3-1. Uh, you can get, in my outrageous bet of the week, it's West Ham to win by three or more goals, 50-1. to one. Going Speaking about Stoke, uh, as we mentioned, Jack Butland... Again, disappointing start for them. Well, I gather in the first half at Everton, they were, they were the better side until Rooney's header uh, made the difference. But then second half, they were pretty poor. They play Arsenal, who, well, what a start to the season. Their comeback win over Leicester 4-3 was, for me, the best opening game of the season I've ever seen. And Arsenal are going to be looking to win their opening two games of the season for the first time in eight years. Um, they've won four of their last five games against the Potters. It's the evening kickoff. An Arsenal away win, four to five. Alex, where do you see this one? Um,
2: much like West Ham, Stoke for me. I, I can't put a finger on them <laughs> <in> most weeks. <laughs> yeah. got so much their forward line now, Bojan Hesse.
0: Well, yeah, this
2: week. On paper, on paper looks brilliant. A lot of good talent.
0: Yeah, it win you the league on Football Manager, wouldn't it? Hell. Yeah.
2: But in real life, none yeah. of them are consistent enough. No, that's right. And I just don't know what Mark Hughes is
0: really going for there with that. Um, no, I mean, I, it does seem it, a bit bizarre. I mean, the the Bet Three Six Five Stadium, as it's known now, um, you know, that was a fortress for Stoke, but you know, just don't seem to be making that it that Tony anymore. Tony Purley series very much a finger of the past now. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, th- I think it goes back to obviously personalities and mentalities. Obviously, as we've mentioned with a few of the other teams. Um, I don't know how strong of a personality uh, Shakiri is, same with Bojan Hesses obviously struggled, so what is you know is he going to be a Ber- big enough as well exactly you know the, these oh, are dear, you know quite fragile personalities, and when you know the, the, the Britannia as it was was a fortress um you know it was all about the big personalities you know and almost beating teams before they got onto the pitch because you know. It was a Men- tough place to go. E- yeah, e- exactly. You know, the, the, there's none of that now. So, um,
2: um, as when well, Mark Hughes sees these these kinds of players, sees them kind of underachieve elsewhere at bigger clubs, and thinks I can get the best out of them. Got yeah. to prove it now, otherwise he could be in trouble.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, so I think yeah. I think you're right there. And he's lost more games against Arsene Wenger, thirteen overall, than he has against any other boss in the Premier League. looking at the Premier League sack race, I mean. For me, stupidly, Antonio Conte is the favourite. I don't see that happening just yet. He's the favourite to go first. Then it's a it's a tussle between uh, Billich, who we just mentioned, and, and Mark Hughes. I think Hughes is the one more in danger of the
2: two. I, yeah. th- I think Billich do- had that sticky period last season, but he does retain the faith of the board. And they have spent to back him again. Hughes, I just... I just don't know where... He lost so a bit of
0: his, his kind line. of, you know, his flair. You know, Hughes, going back a few years ago, he was in charge of Man City, he was a big boss in terms of the Premier League. Yeah. Now he seems to have been, you know, is he is he being categorised in that kind of almost the Alan Pardew uh, category where he... He, he should be doing better than what he was doing and now he's out of work?
1: It does just seem to have gone a little bit stale with him. Um, just, I mean, when it, when it came into Manchester City, City started playing kind of on-the-deck football, which City fans had never seen before. Maybe because it's an expectation in a way now that most teams should play that way. He's maybe not been able to um, adapt, uh, maybe not been able to take his game to the next level. I think, um, I think so perhaps
2: I we've been a tad unfair because his first three seasons, Stoke finished ninth each season. Yes. Which you've got a question where Stoke should be finishing. He then wanted to go that extra step last year and it didn't happen. And now they just look, Again, you're They're back. Again, yeah. Again, you're back. Questioning <laughs> yeah. where do they go? Yeah. Because ninth is probably the most they can achieve, and that yeah. is probably punching above their weight. Yeah, there's suggest. so many clubs in that category, yeah. aren't
0: there? Because I, I would say the same thing. What is, like, you know, as a West Ham fan, here, what is their remit? And I would say, yeah, top ten and a cup run. If Stoke can get that this season, they'd be laughing, wouldn't they? You say yeah. that, but obviously, like
1: West Ham, you'd put as, a, as one of them teams. They they achieved European football. You know they got into the mix. I mean, they were in the top four mix yeah. a couple of years ago for, I mean, half a season. Um, Stoke, for me, have to be looking at right. We're finishing ninth, like on numerous occasions now. We have to be looking to push on. And all right, they have backed uh, Stoke with, or back Mark Hughes with a you know, reasonable investment in the squad. And you know, I, I think they have to be looking to, to try and you know break a little further. There's no point in just saying ninth's acceptable. You know, ninth. You know, he's, we're happy with that. You know, that's maybe why it's got a little bit stale. They need to move forward and they need to be looking for European football. I think if they are going to keep on but going... But the as a... worry
2: is where the goal's going to come from. There is there's no one there that is consist... He's going to get double figures. He's going to consistently score.
1: Does it fit Berahina?
2: um
1: guy get double figures in a
2: season? Three years ago, yes. Now I am not sure.
0: What about Jesse? I mean, I've not seen too much of him uh, over the last couple of years, but he's been, you know, he's been at big clubs. He's arrived from PSG on loan. Uh, he's been at Real Madrid. Surely you'd think double figures think for him. A couple of, th- couple of years ago, he was very much the next big thing at Real Madrid. You're comparing was, him to was, Cristiano Ronaldo, he wasn't he? he was
2: breaking through, he's in the first team. He's playing well for the Spanish under twenties. Yeah. Uh, then it stalled. He got an in- he got an injury, which was. Um, in an actual Champions League game against Schalke and came from said Kolasinac's tackle ah. who he could meet again this weekend
0: excellent yeah
2: um, and his career just stalled he went to PSG and it didn't kick on from there he went on loan to Las Palmas last season his,
0: his hometown club to try and reinvigorate him and it didn't mm. work there either
2: um, I think it's a big
0: ask can he do it on a cold Tuesday night in Stoke we'll see at some point this season Flanners um, Alexandra Lacazette what a start he made
1: Super. I mean, he he's the sort of striker. I think every team wants. You know, he's just somebody. He's got that little bit of cuteness. You know, that he, he'll pull off a defender. You know, he 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 knows how to gain get himself. You know, a little bit of space. Um, I don't know. Don't think he's maybe the, the quickest. You know, striker in the world. But that he should, of, he's sharp. That, five yeah. ten,
2: five ten yards. His
0: acceleration is really good.
1: Yeah, and, and that smartness, as I say, to kind of get. He knows how to get himself a bit of space. Um, born finisher. Um, bit of
0: Ian Wright about him, I would say. for
1: yeah, yeah, quite similarly. At least he knows where the net is. Yeah, it, clearly natural um,
0: instincts about him knows where the goal is.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think I think he's a very very good addition uh, for Arsenal, um, especially given the fact they've got Giroud there as well. He was, he was another goal scorer. Yeah, you know, Arsenal have more goals in their team this season than maybe they have done previously. Uh, it's defensively for me where I, I do worry slightly
0: about Arsenal. Yeah, at the moment, I mean, they've got quite a few uh, troubles at the back, haven't they, with, with yeah. you know, full backs playing as, as the three. I defensively, mean, they were horrible against Arsenal. Yeah. So <laughs> really bad. Yeah. There was a moment in the first half where Borja got
2: played down the mm-hmm. channel and Rob Holding was going towards the corner flag and Jamie Vardy comes sprinting across. And you knew exactly who was winning that ball. <laughs> and it
0: wasn't Rob Holding. Yeah. Well look, I mean, uh, he's four to one, not Rob Holding, Lacazette to score first tomorrow. Uh, on Saturday against Stoke. The outrageous bet, um, Ryan Shawcross to be sent off anytime time, twenty eight to one. Now this fixture before seen a bit of bad blood between the teams. So um yeah, Stoke must keep their discipline, I'm sure, this time. Um, Okay, so we're we're going into Sunday's game. Don't forget also on Saturday, um, there is Burnley versus West Brom, Leicester versus Brighton, and um, Bournemouth versus Watford. So into Sunday's games, Huddersfield. Wow, what a start. Hell of a
2: start. (laughs) I I don't think any Huddersfield fan in their biggest daydream would have thought that that was possible.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I had the... I was lucky enough to go to university in Huddersfield and I used to watch a lot of Huddersfield games and the fans are so passionate. But I remember when they got promoted to the Championship, they never actually believed, oh my God, we're going to be in the Championship. So that feeling that they must have now um, is just one of the best feelings of football. When you you prove people wrong and you do things that you're not expected to do. Um, But weirdly enough, they've done it with a squad who, I mean, how many of their fans even could name starting eleven, and a lot of loans. Week, no, yeah, a load of load of new faces, load of players who, I mean, me, I for one, you know, have not really heard of. Them. Yeah, uh, but they put in a, they put in a great display. The striker uh, Stephen Mooney, he looks good. He looks handy. Yeah, the, um, the new drug bar. Same saying. I genuinely couldn't tell you any more than that about him though. That's the, <laughs> that's, the that's the thing. They've signed a load of players who are. You know, I've never seen the Premier League before.
0: There's a lot to be said for getting off to a good start to the season and having that confidence. I think with Huddersfield now, um, the only way is up for them because the shackles are off. They've got that first win uh, next to their name. Now it's a case of, well, look, well, we can do that anytime, any time, any week. It's that 40-point mark, isn't it? Yeah, That's that's
2: what newly promoted teams aim for, that 40-point mark. And if they, if they can beat Newcastle Sunday, six points down, 34 to go.
0: I don't think they'll have a bad season, to be honest. I think they'll do quite well. Um, they are fancied 7-5 to, to beat uh, Newcastle at home on Sunday. Both teams to score and Huddersfield win. That is four to is 4-1. Let's talk about Benitez's men because, you know, they didn't really do much against Spurs, I didn't think, on, uh, last weekend. Their captain was shocking in terms of, you know, his discipline. Let himself down there in the club. Shelby sent off. He'll miss this uh, game. So... You know where do Newcastle go from here? They they in trouble already.
2: Well, it was utter stupidity from uh,
0: John Joe Shelby.
2: The, it wasn't even a stamp on Deli Alley was. It? it was a little tread on him,
0: mm. right pure, in pure front, patience.
2: right in front of the referee, who whose face said it all. Well, I've got to send you off now. Got no
0: choice here, mate. Yeah. Just looked
2: looked straight, looking straight at it, looked straight at him, and just said, "I've got to send you off. You've left me no choice." And that was that was their captain on the pitch on the day. Which that's
0: worrying, isn't it?
2: It is, it is very worrying, especially when he is so key to how they play. He sits in midfield, keeps the ball, keeps play ticking over, yeah. and he's got that ability to play a 40, 50-yard pass either foot and get an attack going from nothing. You've got to worry for them without him this weekend. Um, and in the long run, Rafa, is he getting the backing that he wants or the noises suggest not? Are they going to get the goals that they need to stay up? Dwight Gale did the business last year in the league below. Yeah, he scored Premier League goals before, but he's never been the main man. At Crystal Palace, he was often substitute coming on, or a game here, then out of the team, a game there, then back out of the team again.
0: They're very reliant on him. Yes, I mean they've brought in Josselu this week from uh, Stoke on loan, He's, he, he didn't exactly set the world on fire in, in La Liga last season where he was shipped out on loan too, so a bit of worry for Newcastle there. So my outrageous bet for that one chaps is Newcastle to be leading 3-0 at half time, 80-1, fancy a bang on that one? No. Abs- <laughs> absolute, absolutely not. Every bit of
1: outri- as outrageous as you,
0: uh, you built it to be. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. as we mentioned earlier, you are off to Wembley this Sunday and you're going to go and see Tottenham begin life at uh, their temporary home. Now, it's been a bit of a, a disaster for them, actually, at Wembley in terms of they haven't won a game. Um, well, sorry, let me start again. They've had one win in their last nine trips to Wembley, that was in 2008. Uh, Sorry, since 2008. I've made a right cock-up of this one, everybody. Um, (laughs) So, Tottenham, terrible record at Wembley. Um, Since beating Chelsea in 2008, hooray, we got there in the end, they've won only one of their last nine games there, and that was in the Champions League. Can they get off to a good winning start at home? Don't forget, last season, they went the entire season unbeaten at Wyalter Lane. Will this be a fortress for them? Or a nightmare. I, I don't know
1: whether it'll be a fortress. You know, it's, it's very hard to make an arena like that. You know, into a fortress, something you know where the fans are actually a little bit further back. Uh, it will be different. You know, for the Spurs players. Um, you know, they'll be used. To, you know, kind of the, the kind of the close surroundings of White Hart Lane. Um, they can't ever use the stadium as an excuse, though. You know, at the end of the day, the football football pitches are all pretty much the same size. Ah, oh, but that's um, a bigger pitch at Wembley. It is a bit bigger, but they're all pretty much the same size. You know, and it's not like they don't play on pitches that big anyway. You know, there are other Premier League pitches which are, you know, slightly more sizeable. They are a very, very good team. Um, they need to get Harry Kane firing maybe a little earlier in the season than he has done previously. Yes, uh, I think I heard a stat. The other day that he, you know, he's never scored a Premier League doesn't goal score, in August. Doesn't score in August. Uh, and you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, you need your main striker to be firing from the off. You know, if you're going to get off to a good start to the season, um, Chelsea's maybe not the ideal, you know, first game at Wembley. You know, they they probably would have liked to have played. You know, you know, someone who they're expected to win. You know, but at the know, same just, time, just to the pressure. Perfect time to play Chelsea, by the way. Yeah,
0: league. yeah. We spoke about Conte obviously being under pressure, losing to Burnley three-two last weekend. You know, this could be the perfect time to play them.
1: Are we not going to see a reaction from Chelsea though?
0: Are, are we? Are we? At
1: the end of the day, you know, Conte's not one to just to roll over when you know he's under pressure. Well, that's the big surely, question. That's the big question. question.
2: Big but they are still trying to figure out how to replace Diego Costa. No Gary Cahill this weekend. No Cesc Fabregas this weekend. They haven't really replaced the Matic yet. I know they've brought back a Yoko, but we've yeah. not seen him play. He might play this weekend. Eden Hazard's not fully fit. He he might be on the bench, he might be back this weekend. That's right. But he's not really up and running. He hasn't had a pre-season.
0: It's as good a time to play Chelsea as any. Because there's a fear that this could be another Mourinho-esque season for the Blues yeah. in, in terms of defending their title and, well, not defending it, really. Yeah, I mean... I, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on that.
1: I think that the thing with Chelsea is that Manchester City, Manchester United have both got stronger. Arsenal have got stronger. Liverpool, if they keep Coutinho, have got stronger. Have Chelsea got stronger? No, they haven't at the moment. They're the only ones in there that haven't maybe upped the game and maybe that's why there's a little bit of pressure on them. But like I said, I expect to see Chelsea respond this week and I expect them to be a bit more dogged. I expect to see a bit more fight in them, yes. um, I also expect to see more discipline because you know they were completely lacking of that last yeah. weekend. But
0: I still expect Tottenham to win. Well, you know, you say that, and that's quite interesting because Spurs have never lost a Premier League derby at home uh, under Mauricio Pochettino. So they're twenty-one to twenty for the win. Chelsea are backed at five to two for the win with a draw up for grabs at the same price. Chelsea haven't suffered defeat in both of their opening two home. Uh, sorry, both of their two opening games of the season since 1973 when one of those defeats also came against Burnley so could the Omen's be against them we'll see the value bet for me Spurs to win from behind 10 to 1 the outrageous bet Alvaro Morata 80 to 1 to score a hat-trick so we'll see about that look that finishes off uh, I think 6 of the the key games this weekend, don't forget there's Manchester City versus Everton on the Monday night, which you can also follow uh, the live goals as it happens on our Mirror Football website. Let's just quickly look elsewhere and um, the championship. Now, the two top teams, Wolves and Cardiff, both unbeaten, three out of three. Alex, you're in dreamland as a Wolves fan.
2: Yeah, we look quite good. <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We
0: look very good. Was you a bit worried when, when you know all these changes... Came about with it, the new ownership. Um, last season wasn't exactly brilliant, was it? But no, it was um, it was a bit of a mess over the course of the season. Mm. Um,
2: I think you have you have to be worried about more changes over the summer. Um, but on the field, they are looking for right changes. Um, you know, the the whole thing with George Mendes and the owners of the club—that's a separate issue, which we won't go into. But on the field, Nuno's got a team that they have played really well their opening three games. And you've got to think, they've got three wins out of three. Middlesbrough at home, and Middlesbrough pre season favourites to go up, and Middlesbrough look very good. I was that that game, they do look a good side. Um, they will be there or thereabouts. The and end they've of the won season. both
0: games since then? Yeah.
2: They will be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. Good defence, and British Lumberlonga will score goals. Yes. Derby have playoff hopes. They've lost a few key players, Will Hughes and Tom Ince. But again, A good team, and they should be in playoff contention. And then Hull, another side that wants to be in and around the mix, having just come down from the Premier League. So it's three really good wins, and we do look good. But this is a championship, and as soon as you go go up... You can quite easily be brought crashing down, and nobody brings people crashing down quite like Neil Warnock. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> if, if, if ever,
0: you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint, was yeah. to come into play, this is it. I mean, Wolves for me look exciting so far, and um, they're at home. Feel good factors back at Molyneux. Al, you're going to back them to win this weekend? I think they should
2: have enough quality. It's a, it's a good Cardiff side, given that they really did a number on Aston Villa last weekend.
1: I think uh, Cardiff have just made a great sign in Omar Bogle from Wigan as well, uh, the striker. He's a raw talent. Yeah, He's very good. He's a couple of those actual. as well,
2: haven't they? Um, the, um... Got a big danger like Kenny Zahore as yes. well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nathaniel Mendes-Lang has started like a house on fire. He's been very brilliant. Early. Powerhouse as well, isn't he's,
0: he? He's a former Wolves kid. So yeah. he'll be looking forward to going back to Um With a point to prove, I'm yeah. sure. Well, that'll be interesting. Of course, you can follow the Championship live table as it stands and the results um, at Mirror Football. Let's look elsewhere, Flanners, you are a Curzon Ashton fan. You're the only Curzon Ashton fan I've ever met in my entire life <laughs> um but you are you know you're there for most of the games that you support them through thick and thin have they started the season, Dan? In uh, come and remind us what league are they in?
1: Uh, we're In the National League
0: North. <laughs> Here the, we go.
1: Sixth tier of English football. Um, where football's at its best. I love you know. Absolutely Pro- proper football. Yeah, proper. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd like us to be uh, another division. Below it, for honest, because that's where that's where I, that's where I <laughs> like my football. But um, yeah, no. Um, no, Curzon K- have started started well. Two wins, a draw, and a loss. Um, we're probably one of the favourites to get relegated. So, um, uh, a very good start. But um, are you playing this weekend? Uh, we're away at Tamworth, uh, one of our bogey teams. Former National
0: League side.
1: Yeah, they play at uh, the Lamb. Uh, it's a plastic pitch there now, so it, the ground's not as glamorous as it as it used to be. But yeah. it's uh, no, a hard, hard, hard place to go, uh, and yeah, I'll be happy if we can get something.
0: So, yeah, the M6 derby, that should be interesting. Um, non-league football's coming to the limelight, I would say, this this summer with uh, Billy Ricky Tan. Uh, Glenn Tamplin, the multi-millionaire, he's, he's, he's pumped in a hell of a lot of money to to Billericay, and you know they've brought players in like Paul Konchesky, who's their captain, the former England international, uh, Jermaine Pennant, who played in the Champions League final with Liverpool, and um, you know Jamie O'Hara as well, plus Kevin Foley, who you may remember, Alex. Former um, Wolves player. Of former year, Wolves player, the of the year. player. He promoted to the Premier League in two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. So he's invested heavily, but they have. They've had a bit of a mixed start to the season. They play away at Dulwich. Yes. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. The um, I, I don't think anybody
1: expected them to lose to Kingstonian last week. I think there were there were a lot of people who wanted them to lose. Yeah. Uh, just because of the uh, kind of loud personality of Tamplin, he's been um, somewhat
0: disrespectful on, on I, occasions I like to, own, to other clubs. Uh, no,
1: listen, what, he, uh, he's
0: renovated the ground. That, that he's created that's a whole new podcast. I think you yeah. know, the best murals in, in football, <laughs> but you know yeah. he, he has caused a bit of controversy with, with yeah. things. But you know, in terms of he's investing money into a football club, yeah. surely we'd like to see more of that, would not we? In theory, yeah,
1: but I mean, there's, there's, there's ways to go about it. You know, you want to. I mean, I look at AFC Fylde and now in the National League, for example, they've invested so much money into that club, but they've created a, you know a real great product. Mm. A, you know it's a nice football club to visit. Everyone's really welcoming. Everyone's really professional in the way that they address people. You know, Tamplin's been very vocal and very, very cocky, uh, you'd say, about Billericke's chances. Yeah. Um, Bill have a wage budget that I mean, most National League teams, you know, can't even can't even match, and that's two divisions higher than where they are. They're yeah. currently playing the, the Bostick Premier Division, uh, which is the third tier of non league football. Right. Um, Billerickie it should walk that league. That, that That's a fact. The money they're paying, I mean, to be honest, they should walk the league with less than half of that budget. Um, the loss to Kingstony on the opening day was a, you know, a bit of a shock. Um, the former manager going back there um, and, and doing a job. But, least um, no, we're going to say, if we, if we look at the fixture at Dulwich, Dulwich are another one of the title favourites. I expect Bill Ricky to go there and win. Bill Ricky at the end of the day, should be anybody in but that he, he's not actually a football manager is he I mean he is now but
2: he's only a football manager because he's bought and owns that club yeah, cause,
1: right? yeah no, he, he, he's had no experience really in, in managing teams he might manage managed his Sunday league team or something I, I, I don't know but at this level at least you know, he, he's not a manager um, so yeah there's maybe something to be said of they might not have the experience that, that has to
2: have an impact when he's bringing in players that have played at such a high level yeah coming yeah. down that has yeah. to There is something I, to I be mean, said for that
0: i mean i guess there's, you know in terms of business and managerial strategies that are you know easily crossing into to football as well as sir alex ferguson has has proved successfully um, post man united where he's you know he's been delivering all these speeches to you know harvard students etc cetera, etc cetera. there's a lot of crossovers in terms of management and what to do in management? So perhaps he's trying to to motivate him in that sense. I don't know. I'd like to personally. I'd like to go down it's and see an, myself. It's, but...
2: it's an interesting season ahead.
0: Yeah, Gordon. yeah.
1: I mean, it'll be very interesting to see if they do lose another game quite early on because I find that that kind of level of football teams who win the league lose four or five games through a season. Yeah. If they lose two in the first three or four games, you know, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna start panic panic stations a little bit. Uh, especially given the amount of investment, but um, as I say, they should beat anybody in that league. And uh, tomorrow, the, the the price above evens. They're at eleven to ten at the moment to to win at Dulwich. You know, which is a great value bet when you look at the quality that I, that is in that Billericay team.
0: Absolutely. Look, you know, I like to see people invest money into grassroots football. Um, so look, good luck to Glenn Samplin, and I hope it does well. Um, okay, let's finish off then, chaps. Uh, thank you for your presence. On our second betting special, we've got the betting boys with me, Alex Richards and Aaron Flanagan, to finish off. Give us a weekend treble. Al.
2: Um well, I like Tottenham. Yeah, I do think they will beat Chelsea. Um, Sheffield United at home to Barnsley. I'll be back in Sheffield United um, around four to five. Um, and Fleetwood to beat AFC Wimbledon in League One. Fleetwood mm-hmm. a decent promotion shout before this season. Um, really good at home and Wimbledon haven't scored in 13 of 19 away Ooh. so
0: <laughs> that's not good is it <laughs> so that's my trouble. oh I like it Flanners
1: yeah obviously I've gone non-league for for, for my treble cause, yeah cause that's where not? my uh, expertise lies so uh, Torquay United are at good value They sacked the manager this week But um, they're playing Guiseley Who should be the whipping boys of the, of the division yeah. Torquay should get a reaction On the back of uh, the changes they've made So Torquay in there Salford City Obviously I get all the headlines Through the class of 92 yeah, yeah. Uh, They're playing Kidderminster Which will be a tough game But uh, Salford have, uh, have Got off to a half decent start Professional
0: side now Salford aren't they?
1: Yeah they're full time uh, They're playing Kidderminster who are Another full time team as well uh, Which is quite rare for the National League North uh, But you can get Salford at about evens At home uh, which you know is, is great value on you know given what they've got on the pitch. Absolutely. Um, also, St Albans City um, have got off to an unbeaten start, a hundred percent record in the National League self. Um I fancy them uh, to win a Pool. Uh, you can get them at about two to one, which uh, given their style is, is great value. So, Torquay, Salford, St Albans, uh, you can get as a treble at about fourteen to one.
0: Brilliant, great value. Well, look, I'm going to go for Man United and Liverpool plus West Ham. That's eight to one. So I might as well stick my fiver back in my pocket. Chaps, thanks again for joining me. And don't forget, subscribe to our podcast and listen in next Tuesday when Sam Matterface returns. We'll stay on your feet with some stellar guests as always. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you.